Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. Welcome to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. We're going to stick with Rumi once again today. I think this is a great, great piece of writing. It's philosophical and practical, and we're going to talk about how it can apply to both the mind, or not both, because it's three, apply to the mind, the body, and the soul. So this section is titled Fasting, and he writes, Fast from thoughts. Fast. Thoughts are like the lion and the wild ass. People's hearts are the thickets they haunt. Fasting is the first principle of health. Restraint is superior to medication. Scratching only aggravates the itch. Fast and behold the strength of the spirit. So let's talk about the spirit first because that's obviously what he's talking about in this section, right? I love this idea. Because if you made a list of the thoughts and the feelings that you wanted to avoid... And by that, I don't mean just, you know, every single feeling and thought everybody wants to avoid, but those that were specific to you. And by that, I mean those that you actually kind of deal with, right? And you kind of create a little bit of a roadmap for each. Like, well, when do I feel this? Why do I feel this? Where might this come from? I think that's the beginning of a conversation about learning how to fast as effectively as possible from those ideas. And maybe even that process is too extensive, right? Maybe we could just say, you know what? Here's what I think. Here's what I feel. I don't want to do this anymore. And we might be able to say, like, with this as inspiration, I will get stronger spiritually from this fasting. These certain thoughts are not healthy for me. Returning to these memories are not healthy for me. Seeing the future in this way, as I often do, is not healthy for me. I have the strength within me to fast from these thoughts. And the thing about fasting, I'm going to already start making that connection to the body now, right? As someone who's practiced different types of fasting, right? I'm not a medical doctor. I can't recommend fasting, right? I'm just saying I've practiced it and it has been really beneficial for me mentally, spiritually, and physically. Um, that being said, the analogy I'm going to draw here is when you're fasting, you obviously feel hungry, right? Hunger, I say this to kind of analogize how we feel passions too, or negative emotions. Hunger literally rises up in you, right? It kind of rises up from your stomach. And then if you allow yourself to get hangry, it consumes your mind, and then it might even consume your speech or the way you act, right? So the ability to have a, a feeling of hunger, a physical feeling of hunger, rise up in your stomach, and then not allow it to become negative emotions, negative words, negative thoughts, that is, you know, that's the discipline that he's talking about here. That's the, he uses the word restraint. I, I, hear, I hear that, I read that, I think discipline, right? So similarly, when we have a thought let's say, rise up in us, or I also say, you know, the thoughts, the flying thoughts, another way of saying sort of, you know, an intrusive thought kind of flies into our mind or rises up in our stomachs. Just like to, I like to kind of visualize them in that way. How do we restrain that? How do we fast from those thoughts? Or do we indulge in them, right? And again, the word indulgence is also used with food a lot, right? We indulge in food, which is also a great part of life, right? Where we kind of let go of our restraint and we enjoy uh, in a different way, right? But this type of restraint and fasting and discipline brings its own kind of joy, right? When we fast from negative thoughts and we discipline ourselves and we instead encourage ourselves to have that difficult moment of rejecting the thought or pushing up against a negative thought, of course there's joy in avoiding the negative thoughts. And I would say the joys of physical fasting after that, let's say maybe difficult moment of discipline when you're hungry, is I've often found that one, it's helped me be in better physical condition, which in the long term gives me more energy, which in the long term helps me feel good about myself. 
And also, I find that when I fast and I, instead of eating, I might drink some water, which is then not really technically a fast, or it's a different type of fast, right? Um, I'll drink water instead, and I'll really enjoy that water, and I'll focus on a task instead of focusing on the hunger. My focus is usually a little bit more intense, and that can be really joyful and pleasurable, right? So it's not that we have to have one or the other, right? We can practice restraint, and there are certain joys and benefits, and we can practice indulgence, and there are certain joys and benefits, right? Um, and in this case, when he's saying fast from thoughts, I'm imagining he's saying that we deliberately and intentionally learn how to fast from certain excessive thoughts and negative thoughts. And excessive thoughts can even be positive. Right? As he said, as we said a few episodes ago, right? Don't, you know, when you've achieved some type of spiritual growth and you're able to say to yourself and articulate, wow, this is great. I, I really dis displayed more confidence than usual today. Or, wow, I really was patient. He's saying, okay, that's a positive thought. Even that thought, okay, you've had it, you've enjoyed it, now fast from it because you should be seeking more growth. And that's a positive thing too, or it can be, right? So fasting is something we can implement, again, mind, body, and soul. And I think when we combine it with some targets and some aims, it becomes really healthy, right? And it becomes a way to structure our thinking, feeling, and acting, right? It meaning, again, like the fasting itself. We can schedule fasting. There are a lot of really interesting um, thinkers and people in, in the healthcare world and the fitness world that argue, you know, for, for example, one mode of fasting is 16-8. You don't eat for 16 hours and then you eat in, in, in an eight-hour window. There are some benefits to that, right? A lot of religions have different fasting practices that are, you know, involve schedules. So to have some type of schedule um, around food is an obvious example, but also around our thoughts, right? I had a student of mine recently say, and I think this is a really cool idea, they have, like, they have a worry window. So they're like, you look, you know what? I'm someone who worries or I have a tendency to do this. Okay, well, I'm really going to try to only allow myself to worry about spe these specific things like half an hour a day. And I'm really going to be disciplined about it. And I suggested that they pair that with a, a self-writing practice. For a half hour a day or 15 minutes a day, I'm going to write. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to see what I'm worried about. And then I'm really going to, the rest of the day, to use Rumi's idea, deliberately fast from these specific thoughts. When they come up in my mind or when they occur to me, I'm not going to indulge them by sitting and writing about them. I'm not going to indulge them by thinking about them. I'm going to learn how to say, there's the thought. I'm going to fast from this. I'm going to shift my attention, right? So that's the water giving me some type of sustenance, giving me some type of life, right? Water is very life-giving. That's, you know what, I'm going to go read. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to call somebody and have a conversation that's engaging. I'm going to listen to a podcast and, you know, turn my energy towards a different type of consumption or a different type of creation. And the fast itself, right, the self that is deliberately using some type of fasting, again, it might be physical, mental, right, spiritual, is also becoming a more disciplined self. And that's really helpful. And it's also becoming a self that is learning how to talk to itself and with itself in a very healthy way, where the highest good that we articulate can control these urges. We have to get good at that to lead, I think, a flourishing life. Because even in our relationships, you might get the urge to respond with anger to your child or to your significant other. Let's control that and examine it. Well, am I right to be angry? What's the best way to explain this if I am angry? How do I control it if I'm wrong, if I'm not thinking rationally or clearly? That self-control is really helpful throughout life. 
So I would say as a result of this conversation, again, I can't really recommend physical fasting, but go do research on that. A lot of doctors talk about it. A lot of people with great credentials discuss it. Again, it's worked for me anecdotally. Um, and I think, you know, the spiritual fast and the intellectual fast, fasting from thoughts, as he's saying, fasting from feelings is something we can do. And something that maybe it's a worry window practice. Maybe it's learning how to talk with yourself differently. Maybe it's learning how to cultivate a certain set of like pre-created responses. When I think or feel this outside of my worry window, I'm going to do one of these three things. And I am confident these will help me to change the channel in my mind. And I'm successfully fasting from that thought. See what we can avoid. See what we want to create. Fasting is a tool for that. Hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon.